open up your books, you bad apples. We're officially recording for the first time since August. Um, it's so funny. It, there, it, there's more to it than just the fact that, you know, this conversation is recorded for anyone to listen to, I guess. But it's also just like, it's been so long that I'm like, how much am I really holding back when we're recording? You know what I mean? What aren't I saying? And that's what you this episode is for. I got a lot to say, and I'm saying it all <laughs> yeah. today. I got a lot of beef. I got a lot of beef to spill out. Got, no. got, uh, yeah, uh, a lot of irons in the fire. Um, I'm guessing, who knows if that'll all go on the show. Either way, welcome to the first episode of the Bad Apple Book Club podcast since August. Uh, yeah. This is Lucas. And this is Cole. Well, uh, and, happy to oops, have sorry. you. Welcome back. Yes, welcome back to you as well, and welcome back to Jacob. There we go. I wanted to fit his name in there somewhere. I'm sure he'll listen to this. Hey, how are you? Um, <laughs> we fortunately finished all five episodes of Bram Stoker's Dracula before my computer uh, had an untimely demise on me. Yeah, you know, obviously crippling the recording of the show up until very recently, and that's why this is being recorded right now, even though uh, we're like done with the show. <laughs> but yeah, you, know what? you but gotta we, put a ball. We on need top. closure, you know. This is yeah. uh, This is what, uh, like the wake, I guess. You know. What is a Christmas present without the bow? Yeah, yeah, and it, it's ironic that you're because uh, after that episode our last episode in august i think the very next week is when um uh you might have seen it on the news but the afghanistan chaos was going down and so i had no time uh at all for probably two or three months and yeah so i mean it kind of timed out perfectly but (laughs) Yeah, Um, I mean, terrible situation, terrible. I'm glad we were able to airlift. Uh, I think we airlifted close to 40,000 people uh, that came to the base I'm at in Germany. So that that was good. But uh, yeah, just terrible situation, though. But yes, we are, we're here to, I guess, try to cobble together the memories of the book that we both read oh so long ago we were also gonna mention the francis ford coppola film uh called bram stoker's dracula from 1992 i believe it was starring um people oh it's been so long i just gary oldman from i just oh yeah gary oldman oh he's amazing in that movie and of course um i can't believe i'm forgetting her name what's the lady from beetlejuice winona ryder Tom Waits is in that movie as well, for anyone who knows who Tom Waits is. He makes some really out-there music, uh, and he plays Renfield in that movie. Yeah, he's, he's Renfield. Yes, Dracula's. He is, uh, uh, that movie's so good. Number one fan. Pretty much. Um, what did, uh, did you like the movie? You know what? Um, what I can say for sure is... I thought about watching a few other iterations. I did watch the... Okay, so... When the Bela Lugosi version of the movie was released by Universal in, like, 1930 or whatever, they literally 
the American people were filming that movie during the day, and then on, like, the night shift or whatever, they had a Spanish crew come in to use the same sets and the same costumes for everything. So they were literally, uh, they're very similar-looking movies. So I've already seen the original, so I made sure to watch the Spanish version after we... Uh, finished reading the books, and honestly, I can't say I remember too much about it. I remember liking it more than the original, I think. But one thing I can give um, Coppola's for sure is, even though it's crazy, it's got some amazing sets, and it's got a great cast, and um, it's got a lot of parts straight out of the books, which you gotta love. Yeah, I I really liked it. Uh, It's not like... The adaptation was kind of weird, but at the same time, they're able to hit a lot of things that were in the book. It was also very theatrical, which I don't mind because the Dracula was, he basically wrote the thing because he wanted it to be a play. Very nice. And there's so many moments where it's like, yeah, this is so dramatic and ridiculous, like the bloodletting and... Uh, yeah, it's just like we need a man's blood <laughs> for and this. And then the, and then yeah, the adaptation itself just cranks it up to eleven either way. So um, yeah, that is kind of a good thing to be adapted. Such a crazy story told in such a, I don't know if nuanced is the right way to say it, but like the book is written so matter of factly that it uh, does lend itself to the big screen quite well. Perhaps they also. Um, just a few years after, made, like, a Frankenstein remake that is not Coppola. It was Coppola's, like, film company that released it, I believe. And it's supposed to be similar, where it's kind of style over substance. Uh, haven't seen it, though, so I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, with those old novels... Well, Frankenstein, I feel like, would be easier to adapt, but Dracula, that would... That's a lot of talking. That's a lot of talking, and oh, I don't know. Yeah. It would be hard to get a 100% true adaptation for that. I think, honestly, um, it seems like it would be important to completely adapt the book to the movie, but if you want an adaptation like that, you should probably just read the book and... Some movies are just interpreted so differently by the directors or whoever like wrote the screen adaptation that it should be seen as like an entirely different piece of art in the first place, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So for the for the book, uh was there any major themes that you really enjoyed or really I don't know, stuck with you after our hiatus? Um I guess I just like the theme of, like, togetherness that everyone has. They're in such a crazy situation. They're literally looking worse than death in the face with Dracula. As we say in the beginning of the book, no one knows what's going on, so they just have this horrifying dread hanging over them. You know, Lucy's sick, never seen anything like it before. She keeps... Uh, being sapped of blood. We're not really sure what that's about. And there's this <laughs> bat that keeps banging at her window. Yeah. Um, Spooky through stuff? The in- through the entire thing, um, everyone just made such good friends with each other that it's actually quite heartwarming. Yeah. And it literally saw them through everything. 
And at the center, it was always Mina. Like, uh, you look at her, she was uh, this very strong figure. Uh, Everyone, like, sort of cried to, understandably, I guess, like, uh, for comfort because their their best friend Lucy just died. But, like, everyone's like, Mina, you are our strength. Um, Yep. So I thought that was really interesting. And, yeah, I really did like that theme. Like, it was... um, yeah, because Dracula, for how much presence, or I should say absence he has, he has this overwhelming power oh, over so these people. Wonderful. So and, spooky. Yeah, just all these weird things are happening, and they just know something's off, but they know that they're going to have to defeat it. And uh, Van Helsing, even though he's going to Amsterdam all the time, doing God knows what, uh he knows a little something about dracula so yeah together they're able to uh uh defeat him so that was pretty cool but yeah One it was my, uh sorry pretty, or uh for me i think it was pretty cool the themes just like how much dracula changed or flipped the victorian world upside down you know and you just mean the book what's that you mean the book in specific? Yeah, the book in specific because uh, Dracula comes and oh god, this is gonna sound bad now that I said that, but Dracula comes to London and you know, his whole thing, the whole thing with vampires is a very sexual thing. Uh, yes. You know, it's like bringing this whole new wave of sex, even though it's uh, dangerous and all that. But like, he's got his little harem of beautiful vampire women, and uh, yeah, they're very—he's victimizing women. Yeah, very, very, you know, women of the night, but vampires, and yeah, they're uh, just completely able to seduce John to the point where he almost wants to leave you know that Victorian life behind and like you know just he, he he's like fa- fantasizing he's fantasizing about being with all those women and then uh yeah and then when Dracula's like uh like taking blood from people it's like Ooh you know, stealing their virginity almost, and then, uh, stuff like Feeding that. Feeding Lucy, um, that's not strictly sexual, but him doing the reverse mothering, feeding her the corrupted blood. Oh, man. That is uh, just so gnarly. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's very gross, but I always thought it was very interesting, but at the same time, even though he's bringing all this corruption and stuff, uh, you still have your grounded characters that are Victorian, but they're they're just good characters like Amina, where uh, she's just like, I don't know, just kind of like the glue, and she's able to hold the group together through all those tough times. So Through thick and thin. Yeah, but at the same time you have like, uh, the bloodletting process where they're like, only a, a strong man can yep. uh, uh, solve like a strong this. strong man's blood to yeah, fix this equation. Only Arnold's blood can yep. uh, solve this here. Oh, man. And that was one thing that still kind of makes me nauseated to think about with this book is 
when they're feeding Lucy, well, not feeding her, but when they're pumping her back full of blood and they're doing the transfusion straight from, you know, they get, like, three transfusions in her between, like, Van Helsing and Quincy and uh, all of them, and it's just nasty. Ugh! Blood straight out of the elbow, straight into her elbow, and then just pumping her up, and then how haunting it was to discover that it was um, Dracula coming in and sapping her dry every night. That was a big revelation in the book that just, you know, people these days know what to expect a lot of the time because we've seen everything in every show, you know. Mm-hmm. People expect a twist, so now there's the reverse twist, and, you know, uh, it's got to have a happy ending and this, that, and the other thing, but that particular part in the book, I'm thinking... Why does she keep waking up emaciated? Like, it happens a couple times, and then they're like, yeah, uh, she's been being fed on. Something about that just, like, still sent shivers down my spine. I suppose the way it was written also helps. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's like, a good point, too, because, like, imagine being the reader, and this is your... Because before this, there wasn't the idea of vampires we have of now like this was the novel that brought vampires and like dracula uh to households and like it became a household name so like imagine just reading that and you're just like puzzled but now it's just like yeah that's like uh some type of vampirism uh yeah but yeah it's it was very interesting like i and like now that i you know i think we can both agree some some of this novel was hard to get through, but there it's Ooh, very man, cool it to go through uh, just any horror movie and just see uh, similarities between that and Dracula. Uh, I'm reading Salem's Lot right now, and it's like a new twist, or not new twist, but like American twist on like vampires and all that. And there's like a creepy house up on the hill, just like uh, oh, yeah. just like in the beginning of Dracula, and yeah, it's just like super cool to actually know that oh, like this is like straight from uh, Dracula, stuff like that. King's own interpretation, and let us not forget, um, one of the parts in the books had to do with the ship called the Demeter or whatever, you know. Um, yeah the crew is being picked off one by one and in like two years or something I guess they're going to be releasing the film adaptation of only that story from inside of Dracula that'll be interesting you know I mean it certainly is a small part but I don't think it was in the movie at all uh, Coppola's movie and that was another one of my favorite parts of the whole book is the little contained story of just these men being picked off one by one and having no idea what's going on while once again having this like horrible presence hanging overhead yeah yeah i hope it's good i love it i i just hope it's not one of those uh you know movies just like these netflix adaptations sometimes these days where it's just well, like see, not good i don't know why they would make a story about that in particular where you know, everyone knows what Dracula is, but so many people don't know what is, uh, what, like, the specifics of the book are outside of just the vampirism and all that stuff. So, 
I don't know who would make that movie. Maybe it's like a passion project for someone or something. Yeah. It's a cool setting, though, I guess. Yes, it is. What is your favorite current or just like any like vampire form of media that you really enjoy? Hmm. Well, you know, I can literally pretty much only think of Lost Boys, which isn't current. That's a movie from 1982 about, you know, Sacramento vampires. Uh, probably not Sacramento, but California vampires who are just, you know, like, um, can't remember, I, I guess I can't think of how you'd specifically consider them, but they're like rebellious kids, and that Yeah, it's just kind of like, uh, the, the cool guys. Yeah, that movie kind of plays into the, kinda. that movie kind of plays into a similar theme as this book, only more of an age-appropriate thing, where these people are technically living the life, they're partying all night, and they're sleeping all day, but they're also... You know, killing people and sucking their blood. Um, it's been a while since I've seen that, but honestly, I can't really think of any other vampire-specific media that I've taken in any time recently, other than this book and those couple of movies. How how do you feel about the Twilight series? You know, um, people sure do harp on those movies, but... Everyone loves Robert Pattinson. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say that. Like, uh, before that, I guess he was in Harry Potter. but He was? Yeah, he was a character in Harry Potter at the later <laughs> films. But I'm kind of thankful that Twilight launched his career because, man. I love I, the Lighthouse. I don't know about you. That new va- Batman movie, I cannot wait. Um... You know, I don't know anything about it. I think it's supposed to be a little grittier or something like that. Yeah, more crime solving. Um, yeah, that, that, I mean, you know, that should be cool. I got yeah. no problem with it. Yeah. I love The Lighthouse. Yeah, The Lighthouse is very good. I agree. Um, I don't know. There's, like, a lot of good vampire adaptations, but I think... For myself, I think, like, What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, yes, that's a lot of fun, too. That one is just, like, such a fun take. Um, I've been trying to watch the show recently as well, which is, it stands out, or stands up pretty good. Yeah. Um, Man, but if I were to go for, like, a true, true vampire uh, film... I guess Van Helsing was pretty fun. I remember watching Mm -hmm. that as a kid, and that just blew me away. So surprised reading the book. Uh, I didn't know that Van Helsing was also an invention of the novel Dracula until you meet him in the book, and it's like, oh, so not only did this create the most famous vampire, but it also created the most famous vampire hunter, you know? Yeah, get that a lot in media where you get lightning in a bottle twice, but there's a reason that it's one of the biggest books of all time. I haven't seen it in like 15 years. Oh yeah, uh, I mean it definitely got me into the horror genre. But if I had to rewatch it, uh, would it be 
as good as it was when I was uh, a young lad. Uh, probably not. Might still be. Might still be fun. It'd be fun. Yeah, that's for sure. But I don't know. I think just vamp. I guess there's not like one form of media or like film or TV show that I really liked. I just like the world of it. You know, like it's. It's out. Oh, I guess uh, Midnight Mass. That was really cool. Heard a lot about that. But it gets really slow. Well, it is very slow at some <sighs> parts. A lot of monologues, but that was yeah. like a. That was kind of takes a lot from Salem's Lot, I think. But yeah, it's very interesting. Um, but just wish they had cut out the slow parts. But what can you do? I think uh, the next project. What do you know the director's name of that? I do not. Oh man. But I, I guess the next stuff he's going to do is um, The Fall of the House of Usher. Oh. So next year, he's going to do Edgar Allan Poe and try to adapt that into a TV series. Who could forget that? So that's very cool. Yeah. Um, we're seeing a lot of people making amazing horror movies. Or Netflix series, I guess. I can only think of, like, Ari Aster and Robert Eggers, but um, those guys are just in their little horror niche making, like, obviously not popcorn horror. And it's all just... Uh, it's just solid. provoking and spooky. Yeah, just good horror. Like, uh, just good stuff, which, I mean... It, it gets uh, pretty rare these days, you know? Well, not rare, but horror is just one of those genres where, you know, it can be easily trashed, but to see good horror, it, it's fun. It's fun. There's a lot to see if you seek it out, but, yeah. you know, sometimes it just takes a little, takes a little extra legwork to find stuff that isn't talked about all the time by everyone. Yep. Um, anything else you wanted to touch on this book on Dracula? You know, it's a real solid read in our time doing the podcast. We covered Frankenstein and Dracula both. Um, obviously two of the, not just Goliath books, but Goliath Gothic books or whatever of all time. And, uh, I guess I'm glad that we talked about both of them yeah yeah i don't know i guess you know that's all i could that's all i could cap the book up with it's a good book (laughs) yeah um it has been a few months for us but um i mean like i said like any form of media i'm taking in that has uh horror in it like i'm seeing the inspiration from dracula and just that alone was worth it I think to read it like there's I'll say it again the the first few chapters with Dracula's castle and Ooh, amazing. Uh, just being terrorized by Dracula that is some of the best that's some of the best literature I've ever like read so right into the deep end yep there's Ooh. that um, there and then just throughout the book it it, it does get slower but, um, I mean, there is just, uh, there's a lot of good stuff along the way. Um, 
I don't know. I think I think I kind of needed that break too because at the time when I finished it, I was like, man, I just need to get through the novel. But now that I've been able to sit on it, and I feel like I've been able to appreciate it more than I did when I finished it, and because at the time it was pretty anticlimactic. But the whole job or the whole book was uh, it was just a. Uh, it's good. It's good. It's a good book, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> you know, you can't not, go in it half in the bag. You gotta just go full not, in. Yeah, it's not super long, but it's just so dense. Yeah, lot a lot of drama because, yeah. like, like we said, it was supposed to be a play. Like this man was passionate about plays and. He wanted this to be adapted into a play, so... Oh, yeah. As as we all do, um, because the new uh, media we're going to have for the Bad Apple Book Club is... We're, we're, uh, we're turning this thing into... We're going to Broadway. We're going to do a Broadway version of the Bad Apple Book Club podcast? Y- yep, if you don't mind. Um... I don't mind, but I'm just wondering. Uh, I think that we probably need to have stage actors take our places, and I can't think of any celebrity that looks like me, you know, that has all my fine features. and. Yeah, th- there's none handsome enough, really. Well, I wasn't going to be the one to say it. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean... That's really my only stipulation is I want I want final approval and I want to pick the person who's going to portray me on the stage. Yeah. Um, the only person I would probably have a legit shot of getting into contact with is Adam Driver because he does uh, theater for military. Ooh. Like he tra- travels to military bases. So. And do you it- also think that you look like Adam Driver? Uh, I mean, we're both kind of on the thinner, taller side, so... I could see it. Yeah, we got that in common. Uh, I just don't have his luscious long mane. Ah. And, you know, that's all it really takes these days is, like, one single feature. Like, uh, I watched the movie Zodiac, based on, like, the Zodiac killings, and that movie's apparently, like, a true story, but they have Jake Gyllenhaal playing... Oh, what's the guy's, uh, what's the main guy's name? He's got, like, uh, Robert Graysmith, and mm. he's played by Jake Gyllenhaal in the movie, and I'm like, there's no way in hell, this guy looked like Jake Gyllenhaal when he was Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal's age, and sure enough, he didn't. That's, yeah, that's, like, the best, is, like, when, uh, <laughs> somebody plays a real-life character, and it's just, like... No, this guy it? is literally like a Greek god, and yeah. he's playing someone who looked like a puddle of mud. And for some Nothing reason, ugly people. I love ugly people. Yeah, for some reason, Mark Wahlberg plays like most of those, uh, you know, real life portrayals. And it's just like, come on, man, <laughs> he's kind of a dickhead. Oh, <sighs> you can't. I mean, you know, Mark Wahlberg, he may have a bit of a storied past, but. I just watched that SNL skit where uh, Andy Samberg pretends to be Mark Wahlberg talking to the, like, petting zoo animals. It's a lot of fun. Ah, that is fun. That is and he, fun. And at, at the end of every part, you know, after he's done talking to the goat, he goes, 
say hello to your mother for me. And you oh, know, that's God. just <laughs> say hello to your mother for me. Uh, that's uh, just kind of fun. Oh, uh, that is fun. Yeah, maybe maybe Mark Marky Mark is a changed man, but I guess we'll never maybe know unless he stars he, in our Broadway plays. So. I was just gonna say, <laughs> I'm thinking Mark Wahlberg might be able to play me quite well, to be completely honest. To play yourself, he's going to play Lucas Nord in the Broadway rendition. Um, you know, he could probably sing. He used to be a rapper. Yeah, he's he's got the beat. <laughs> so heal yeah yep that's fun uh that is fun all right so yeah if you don't have anything else i guess we'll wrap this one up and then uh eventually get just a whole bad apple recap of our whole series so so you want to do one more episode after this one so we don't uh we don't need to say goodbye forever on this one yeah yeah we got one more coming and we'll just go over our favorite books all that favorite books maybe favorite characters nice solid half hour here uh premium content um like we never stopped yep yep um tune in next time in a week or two weeks or three months you know we'll get it figured out uh on your podcast feed as we solidify the legacy of the bad apple book club (laughs) podcast yep we're going down we'll have our own wikipedia page maybe Um, why wouldn't we i'll make it anyone can make it it right now all right well we're gonna go do that so uh thanks guys for listening and have a good christmas have fun happy holidays happy new year's all that so uh thanks again guys Have a good day. Bye. Of course. You know. Oh, yeah. I can always do nothing with it.